So the name of this practice is Feel, Know, Connect. And it is a practice for what I'm going to call the, um, the intersection of Vedana, which is the mindfulness of sensation, and Sila, which is a word that describes um, ethical conduct, or we could call it right living, and the way that these two um, impact one another both in our meditation seat and also just out in the world. Um, and I'm going to offer this practice as a practice, but first I'm going to give you what I have heard referred to when I go to places on retreat like Spirit Rock. Um, it's called a Dharmet. Right? So it's not really a formal Dharma talk, but um, just a bit of an explanation of um, the philosophy behind the practices that we're going to be doing. Before we begin any of that, it's really helpful and useful to take a moment just to grind, ground our minds and our hearts in an intention. Um, and this might be just something as simple as recognizing the power that your own mind has to shape your experience, right? whether consciously or unconsciously. Right? So the way that we work with our minds does have an impact on not only this moment, but in the next moment that we experience. Right? And in turn, the, um, the interconnected nature of all of us. Right? So um, these practices impact us and they also impact others right? and can be used for evolution or for just kind of unconscious creation of more of the same. And when we practice, you know, often we'll think of meditation as someone sitting on a cushion cross-legged, um, but there are actually four different positions that you can use when you take your practice. Um, and of course, you know, the first one would be sitting, right? Or you might um, choose to lie down for practice, which is fine. If you do, um, you might want to just do it in a way so that if you're, um, if you're quite sleepy that you don't fall asleep. Though if you do fall asleep, it might just mean that you're tired. Um, so lying down is a position for meditation. Standing is a position for meditation. And that would just involve feeling your feet connecting with the earth, feeling your legs connecting with your feet, and just the way um, that it feels. Sometimes it's a little bit more energizing, particularly if you are sleepy, right? If you find maybe that you've been lying down and then when you start to fall asleep, you might, you might want to stand up. Right? Same thing if you're, um, if you're kind of nodding off in sitting, sitting meditation. Um, and then the fourth is walking. Right, which is something that I really enjoy doing quite frequently when I practice is just um, is just walking meditation, which could be something formal like taking maybe 10 feet of space outside or in your home and just walking back and forth slowly again, feeling your legs, your feet, your breath. Um, you could also be taking a walk outside and just noticing, right, noticing um, sensations as they arise in your body, just looking around, right? So you could be standing, seated, walking, or lying down for practice. And okay? so this idea of Vedana or um, mindfulness of sensation um, is sometimes referred to as feeling tone. But it isn't necessarily about um, the emotions that you're having, though they may actually um, be the source of some of the feeling tone, right? As may your thoughts be. Really, anything that you take in 
information wise through the senses, right? And, we're, and it said, you know, we have our five senses that we know about that we also have the sixth sense, which is the mind. And these can create um, what I would refer to really as just energetic, energetic waves in the body, for lack of a better word, just the way that, that we hold the inner body. You know, sometimes you feel um, excitement and you can feel what that feels like in your nervous system, right? whether it's a pleasant feeling or just a really there, there's a lot of a lot of feeling. And so maybe sometimes it's even an unpleasant feeling. Really, um, when we think about feeling tone. There, even though there are a lot of variations on it, a lot, a lot of different shades of color, there really are only three main ones, and those are pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral. And these, um, these arise in moments um, of our lives, sometimes unconsciously, when we come into contact with something. Right? Again, whether it's a person or an object or a thought pattern or an emotion that triggers us in some way. And when we see the cycle of the way that a, a mind moment of experience is created and re, then reinforced and recreated, there's a moment of contact. And then there's the sensation, right? Usually followed by an urge and then um, our action, which becomes a reaction. And this cycle happens pretty quickly, right? It sometimes happens so quickly, it often happens so quickly that we don't even notice that it's happening, right? Um, and in some ways that's useful because we couldn't probably make it through our day if we had to constantly contemplate every single little piece of sensory feedback that comes in, right? But when we take these moments in meditation, we're actually able to slow things down a little bit and see that there there is a little bit of gap space. Um, you know, usually the easiest place to find the gap space is between the urge to act and actually acting. But as we get more skillful in working with something like Vedana, mindfulness of sensation, we can actually notice um, maybe the space even between feeling what arises in, in the body, right? Feeling the feeling tone and thinking, oh, this is boring or this is, this is so unpleasant or so uncomfortable or wow, I really... I like this, you know, just identifying that and then the urge that comes along with it, right? Like, for example, um, you know, if we like something pleasant, the urge might be to, um, to, have to, to get more or to cling or to consume, right? Whereas if something's kind of um, unpleasant, you know, it would be a natural urge to, to try to push it away, to reject it. Um, and if it's, if it's boring, we might not even notice, right? Or if it's just if we're not getting a lot of um, stimulating feedback in one way or another, right? Usually the unpleasant and the pleasant really get our attention, but the neutral is just kind of neutral, right? So we might act really, really unconsciously in those moments in particular, right? So um, these reactions that we have to feeling tone can, can impact the way that we behave. Right. And and if you look at it in terms of ethical conduct or just you could say the way that we interact with others, the way. Um, yeah, to just the way that we relate to the world, sometimes. Our relationship to sensation, to Vedana can cause us to really, really forget completely about our ethical conduct. 
Um, and when we think about ethical conduct or sila in a, in a formal way, in, in Buddhism, we would talk about the five precepts, but they're really mirrored in the yoga tradition in um, what are called the yamas, the five yamas, or, or ways of living ethically. Um, and they are um, non-harming, which is ahimsa, and satya, which is truthfulness, um, and steya, which is non-stealing, and parigraha, which is non-hoarding, and then brahmacharya, which is sometimes referred to as, um, as responsible sexuality, and, and sometimes people also talk about it as just the way that you're using your energy. Um, so these, um, and the, re the reason that we put the, uh, the ahimsa or the non-harming first is because really all of the other ethical practices or when we look at the precepts in Buddhist practice, all of those, um, it, it's, it's the underpinning for all of those, right? This wish to, to not cause harm, right? And, and even though, um, I, I, I would probably guess that most of us don't want to cause harm. There's there's un unconscious harm that's often being caused just by um, just by kind of losing it and um, and speaking unskillfully or sending an email before you've really thought about what you um, what you want to say or you know sometimes um, when we're feeling scared or scarcity um, it causes us to, um, to to hoard right to hoard something. Or to become desperate and, uh, and and threaten someone, or or to take something that doesn't belong to us, or take more than we need of something. Right? So, um, you know, an, an unpleasantness, um, or it, it might even just be feeling really, really frustrated, right? Like if you're if you're pent up for a long time with with your kids, or if something is happening. Um, I definitely had one of those moments yesterday where um, my daughter just wasn't. Um, she, she, we were starting having a little bit of a standoff and she was, wasn't going to budge and I wasn't going to budge and I could feel oh, the tension in my body rising. And, and at some point I just kind of exploded. It was like a pot boiling over. Right. So, um, so this, and then, then, you know, skillful speech and non-harming and uh, those just went completely out the window. Right. And then when you look at something that is quite um, pleasant or, um, or even just like some, something that we desire or just working with desire in general. Desire isn't a bad feeling. Pleasantness is not a bad feeling. Um, but it does sometimes cause us to, to cause harm, right? Or to make, to make poor choices, whatever those may be. Right. So with all of this, um, in mind, we're going to take um, a little bit of time now and practice together. And really just I'll, I'll guide you a little bit, kind of lightly, and I'll also give you a lot of space just to work, right? So if it goes quiet, know that, that I'm still here. I'm just um, giving you space to work with your mind, right? And you might even notice how that feels in your body, right? When you think, huh, where, where, did, where did the voice go? So, just go ahead and begin by, if you're going to be sitting or if you're already sitting, just kind of refreshing your seat or if you're standing, feeling your legs, right, lying down, just noticing what's connecting with the earth or, or walking, right, really just kind of tuning in, checking in again with where you are in space. And alongside of that feeling just the, the sensation of your body breathing and becoming aware of 
where you feel the breath in the body. And if it's difficult for you to keep a handle on the breath or even to locate it, you might want to give yourself a little assignment at the beginning, like counting, counting in for a specific number and out again. You might tap into a specific area and purpose, focusing in on what it feels like to draw the breath in through the nostrils and let it back out again. You might feel the rising and falling of your chest or your belly expanding and contracting. And because the mind thinks naturally. We can't stop our thinking when we meditate. It's going to wander. It will probably wander away from your breath. If you're walking, you might find yourself already daydreaming. Wherever you are, you might find yourself already somewhere else that you hadn't, um, hadn't been before and has nothing to do with you meditating right now. And when you do, that's fine. That's great, actually, because you notice. And then come back back to the breath. Breath um, is a like a home base. And the breath is also always shifting and moving. And even though we talk about us breathing in, ourselves breathing in, breathing out, just seeing if you can allow it to be, um, just watching it happen without trying to make something happen. And just practice in this way quietly for a for a few minutes.
if your mind wanders frequently, it's fine. Every time you notice, you are already back, already home, this moment. Breathing out, having a rest. You might even become curious about the natural pause, the end of the out-breath. The empty space you might just be able to let go into, right? fullness at the top of the inhalation. There to witness the, the transition, the moment when the breath turns to flow out again. with your breath as this, this anchor, this moving anchor or home base. You might notice, you might have already noticed right, all the thoughts that come up. Right? There might be um, an emotional quality that's arising. Right? There might be a sensation in your body like, oh, that's sore or um, or it might be a beautiful day and you feel the warmth of the sun on your skin, right? whatever it is, um, noticing the way that it resonates in your nervous system, the way it kind of ripples. And if you think of your inner body like water, this Madonna, this feeling tone is, is rippling the water. You might even be able to identify. Um, this feels nice. Or if it's an uncomfortable feeling, a, a painful emotion, a persistent thought, right? Usually the, the ones that are unpleasant tend to get our attention first because of the natural um, self-protective nature. It's built into our brains. Right, so it's it's not it's not our fault for feeling um, things like aversion or unpleasantness and not wanting to feel those things, right? So just with that understanding, right, that the that these feeling tones arise 
all by themselves, right? They don't define us, but, but they move through us like weather in response to the sensory information that we receive. And our practice right now is just simply to, to recognize, to recognize, um, to recognize that energetic tone. Pleasant, unpleasant, or you may just feel numb, or feel just kind of even, no big up or down. In that case, sometimes the challenge with the neutral is just to stay with it to be interested in something that doesn't give you a lot of big stimulation. It might even be a little boring. It's like getting interested in the boredom. What does it feel like? And is there a moment when that neutrality turns? in one direction or another. If you have your eyes closed, you might be more tuned in to just the way the the body itself feels, right? Or the sounds around you and how they resonate your thoughts might be crowding any of that out. And if your eyes are open, sometimes sight. Sometimes sight really becomes a gateway for a lot of awareness and sensation. And just as with noticing our breath, when we notice what the feeling tone is, the practice is just simply to notice, to be curious about it. And just to be with it, which isn't easy. You might even notice in this very slowed down model, you might notice the moment when an urge arises, right? To do something about what's happening. And in in this case, it might be something very seemingly innocuous and simple. And again, totally human and natural. If there's a pain somewhere in your body, like a pain in your knee or a pain in your hip, um, 
you may have already shifted and not even noticed it. And certainly you are welcome to change position at any point when you're sitting. But also interesting to notice um, that that little space between when you feel the sensation and the urge to move arises. And then the, the choice to, to move, which, which may be a choice guided by himsa, right? Guided by this was, this was damaging, right? This was too much pain. Better to move. You might notice that it becomes a whole nother storyline about beating yourself up about whether or not you should move or can move or am I a bad meditator, my bad meditator if I move, you know. So it's just interesting to see what comes up. And we're always acting no matter what we do. And even when we choose to do nothing, it's a choice and it creates the next moment. Which is sometimes nice to remember when you feel helpless. But just simply staying with, being with what's arising can be a choice if we're conscious, if we're aware of it. Sometimes the mind can also pull us into all kinds of interesting fantasies, right? We're just thinking about something that um, that's nice, right? And we can become seduced into like, oh, this is a good meditation. It feels good. Hmm. I'm just going to try to hang on to this. Is it possible to feel something pleasant, even if it is something like desire? And to not feel ashamed of it, to not grasp at it or try to get more of it. Right, the mind just kind of the mind thinks. The mind wanders. And we don't have to control it. But we also don't have to let it um, control us. We'll just spend another minute or so in practice. And if you'd like, you can just simply return to that very foundational practice of feeling the body, feeling the body breathing.
And in these last few moments of practice, I invite you to take a moment to really offer yourself some acknowledgement for taking this time to work on purpose with your body and your mind, regardless of how you think it went. Right? Because with this understanding that um, the way that we work with our minds and um, and behave and set intentions, but the way that we do that in this moment impacts the next moment. And in some way, due to our interconnectedness, will impact others, right? If even that when we get off our cushion, we're going to go and, and interact in some way or refrain right now from interacting with others. It also seals in um, or reinforces our attitude towards practice in general. Hopefully, you know, making us want to come back again and uh, and work with our minds again, right? Building momentum. And I'm going to close with um, with a little bit of a traditional dedication from Buddhist practice that I like a lot. It's very simple. If you'd like, you can bring your hands to your heart or just simply feel your heart. Goodness comes from this practice now done. Let me not hold it just in me, but let it spread to all that is known and awaken good throughout the world. Thank you so much for sharing your practice. Mahom.